Happy New Year, everyone. Did you really think we wouldn't do a show today? We'll talk amongst ourselves about the NFL and also about a problem I'm having with my second favorite sweater. We'll also talk college football with Pat Forty. But first, commerce. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. The people love it, so... And I love her. I mean, I think she's terrific. Well, she's great. I just think she's terrific, and she's found that... One guy was criticizing her as an actress, saying, well, I don't think she could do comedy well. And I thought to myself, okay, maybe she couldn't do comedy well. We don't know because she's not doing comedy. She's not called upon as the ambassador to the United Kingdom to get up and do five minutes of stand-up. How about improvisational comedy? <laughs> she's not. You know, I... Let's do some improvisational comedy. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So, yeah, we're doing a show. It's Monday. I understand it's New Year's, but it's Monday. That's when we do shows off an NFL weekend. We're going to do a show tomorrow because we have the college football playoffs today, Monday. So we're going to do a show Tuesday. And then later in the week, we'll find some day to do a show. The show has a certain flexibility. Last week, we did three shows in three days. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens around the time of the holidays. So we're doing a show today. Um, what's in the news? Small, a couple of small things to begin with. One, the USFL and the XFL have merged into an eight-team league. I think this is going to be announced today by The Rock, who owns one of them or now owns both of them. Yeah, it's going to be called the UFL or something like that. UFL, United Football League. It's going to be another league nobody cares about. (laughs) But God bless, right? Sure. They're trying. Yeah. They're being entrepreneurial. They're trying. So good, good for them. Secondly, and we're going to stay on the topic of football, the owner of the Carolina Panthers is shown... Apparently, throwing a drink on a fan. He's in a luxury box. The game's in Jacksonville. He's the owner of Carolina. Carolina stinks. And at some point in the game, he is shown throwing what appears to be a drink onto the head of somebody one row below a Jacksonville Jaguars fan who turns around like, what's going on here? I've said this before about David Tepper. He's terrible. The NFL should actually force him to sell. Yeah. They should walk in and say, your track record is so terrible that you have to get rid of this team. He bought the team in 2018. As of yesterday, it was 2023. In five years, he fired three coaches in midseason. He fired Ron Rivera. He hired Matt Rule. He fired Matt Rule. He hired Frank Reich. He fired Frank Reich. He, he made the choice to get the kid from Alabama, Bryce Young, 
who's not nearly as good as the kid from Ohio State. <laughs> not nearly as good. No. He gave the number one draft pick, even though everybody said, you sure you want to do this on a 5'10 kid? You sure? He said, oh, yeah, he's going to give us the most Super Bowls. That was his pick. He's a bad owner. And if, in fact, he's got a bad temper and he's throwing drinks at people. At least he's stockpiled picks for this year. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> at least he's stockpiled picks for this well, year. No, oh, I mean, that's no, right. Chicago he has traded the pick. It away. And he traded away DJ Moore. Who's he terrific. stinks. Yeah. He said, look, I'm just talking about as an owner. He's a bad but owner. To his credit, it's not like he threw the actual vessel of the drink. He just threw, threw the, the drink. drink. He just dumped the drink. That's a yeah. splash. You know, I mean, at, at the very least, like honestly. Oaky shard. Honestly, cup. at the very least, <laughs> the NFL should suspend him. They should. They should suspend this guy. They should show that the rules, you know, that don't exempt owners from terrible behavior. That's, you may not like Dan Snyder. No, I don't know pictures of him throwing drinks at people. He didn't have to. He had raw sewage. <laughs> so he didn't have to do it. Railings falling off the wall. Oh, Something else I want to get to. And then, and then the large thing I want to get to. Georgia, Kirby Smart, must be a bad guy. Georgia was up 35-3 over a depleted Florida. I have no sympathy for Florida State. None. But I will say they were depleted. Yes. A lot of guys weren't playing. And then I think somebody should have asked the question, well, don't they, what's the deal with Mike Norval that all of his players are leaving? Okay, but that wasn't asked either. But they are a depleted team. And they're a bunch of whiners because they didn't get into the playoff. And I understand Georgia wanted to beat them badly to show the people who made the decisions, hey, we lost one game to Alabama and we should be in the playoffs. Okay. But you're up 35-3 to in the last minute of the first half. The last minute, you recover a fumble and you have your quarterback throw four straight times to get a touchdown to go up 42-3 to at the end of the half. That's bad. That's, you know, if I were Mike Norval at the end of the game, I wouldn't have shaken his hand. I'd have kicked him. I mean, that's bad what Kirby Smart did, in my opinion. We'll get to that later. But I, I'm, I'm staking out that position that that is a – that's just not right to run it up quite like that in that circumstance. Now, he didn't play his quarterback in the second half. Yeah. He didn't do that. He didn't stop passing either. But he didn't play his quarterback in the second half. But to go call four straight passes to get a touchdown when you're already up 35-3 at the half in the last minute, what do you, what do you do? I disagree. It's a holiday bowl game. You know, no one's going to watch in the second half. This is Nobody. for fun. Nobody could have watched that. What oh. did it end? 65-3? 60-3? to 69-3, I think. Yeah, you know sure. you're going to lose your entire market. Whoa, Give just, them something to see before they turn the channel. Yes, ESPN you know, took a bath on that one. So let me get to my, my larger story now. For those of you not watching on News Channel 8, I am wearing my favorite sweater in the world. Not my favorite, my second favorite sweater in the world. It is a, um, Michael, I'd like you to describe the color blue in this sweater. It's a cashmere hoodie sweater. A cashmere hoodie sweater. This would be uh, not, a, not, a, not a navy blue. Royal blue, I royal think. Royal blue, a nice deep royal blue. I think it's a bright royal blue. It's not a Carolina blue. It's not a Duke blue. It's closer, sort of, closer to a Duke blue, but not as dark. I think it's the blue that Creighton wears in their uniforms. Yeah, that looks like I it. think it's yeah. the Creighton blue. It's a bright royal blue. I think it's pronounced Creighton. That's Creighton by some. <laughs> um, it, it is a gift from my friend Mallory Crossland. Three or four years ago, Mallory sent me this sweater. It has, Michael, what does it have on the chest? Uh, this has the President's Cup logo. So. Ryder Cup. 
Mm, President's Cup. Um, Ryder Cup. And I'll tell you why it's Ryder Cup. Oh, it's the narrow, the narrower bottom of the yeah, chalice. It's the yes, it's the Ryder Cup logo without a word on it as to what site they're playing the Ryder Cup in, because Mallory has worked for the PGA of America. The PGA of America in Florida is not the PGA Tour, right, Michael? It's wholly different. Correct. The PGA of America is that body which governs pros, golf pros, teaching pros, and the PGA Tournament that particular major, which is the fourth major, and the Ryder Cup. That's their charge, the PGA of America. And Mallory, who I've known a long time, Mallory at one point was the Women's Open winner in Maryland, right, Michael? Maybe more than once. She played four years at Vanderbilt. She's a wonderful golfer and a great friend. And every once in a while, Mallory asks me to do a shout-out on PTI, and I always do, and Mallory sends stuff. And she sent two beautiful cashmere sweaters. One I can't wear because it has my name on the back. I, mean, I just can't <laughs> Team do Kornheiser. it. It's beautiful. It's red, white, and blue. It's a Ryder Cup sweater. And this, my favorite, second favorite sweater of all time that I have now worn for about 10 straight days. And I will tell you why. I sent this out to be dry cleaned last year in the spring, knowing I was not going to wear it in the late spring and summer and fall. I wasn't going to wear it. I sent it out to be cleaned. I sent it out with a bunch of things, three or four sweaters to be cleaned. I opened it about a week ago or 10 days ago when it was time to wear. Opened it to the degree that in the folding of the sweater, having been dry cleaned, was still the paper. Still the paper that they put into Sweaters, when they clean them, you take the paper out and you put on the sweater. And I looked at the sweater, and there was a small hole in the top left chest area of the sweater, a small hole, which has grown into a bigger hole mm. at this point. And I assume it's a moth hole, because that's what my parents told me. When there were holes in things that were in closets, they would say, that's a moth hole. I don't assume anyone at the dry cleaner stuck his face into it and ripped it open. <laughs> no. I assume this was a bug of some sort. So I said to Carol, can this be sewn? And she said, no, no, it's going to continue to unravel. That is the nature of this kind of sweater. You could patch it, but you're, it's, it's not going to work. And I wear it and I wear it and I wear it. And it continues to unravel. Mm. Liz what did Liz do yesterday? Uh, we thought it was a microphone that was clipped onto your chest. Yeah. That in your old age, you just sort of forgot to take it off. <laughs> right. Oh, but it's, yeah. No, but it's a hole. I was wearing a black shirt. <clears throat> Talking about a hole. So, right. So I don't know. So what, you know, what do I do? There's nothing I can do. Right? There's nothing I can do. Or if it can't be repaired. I'm gonna, no, I'm, the next time when I stop wearing this sweater, and now that we're back in out of days off in, in real work and real time and real life. And I have to go somewhere, not Columbia to walk on a treadmill, you know, where I have to go somewhere where I could be seen by people. I think I, I can't wear it anymore. Yeah. It's a big hole. It's now up to the size of a quarter. Yeah. It's now the size of a quarter. This is a weekend sweater. 
uh, which you can wear all throughout the winter. Step one is you got to get some cedar blocks for your closet because this is clearly a moth infestation. But nothing else. I looked through other sweaters. Nothing else was. Do you think? Do you? I mean, you you tend to wear cashmere, so I'm surprised it's not in any other sweaters. No, I spend maybe the money because it's really there was, warm. Maybe there was the paper in there still that was giving it a better nest. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's not a moth. I don't know. Can Mallory maybe find a replacement for oh, this no, one? Oh no, this is four or five years old. Yeah, I just looked guess. online. Can't find it. Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. No, she's not How many one. rankings of sweaters would you say are in your rotation? So obviously you have like a TV sweater vest. That's a, that's a different category. Yeah. And you have something that would be, you know, going out to dinner to play golf in. My number one sweater is my golf sweater, which is also a cashmere sweater, a zip-up cashmere sweater. I've had that for many years, and I wear that all the time because it's incredibly warm and flexible so I can play in it. Um, and this was number two. I tend to put the cashmere sweaters high up just because they're, they're soft they're and light. they're warm. They're, yeah, very light, soft, and warm. And some of them that say cashmere, you know, maybe they're only 15% or 25% or 45%. I mean, I don't know the rulings. I don't know, the, I don't know who you go to for sweater gate where they make the rule as to how much cashmere has to be in there for it to be a cashmere sweater and not cashmere parts or something like that. They are more expensive, but they last, except this one. They last and they're warm and they're light. They pack so yes. easily. You know, so I also have that wool sweater that I got at Brooks Brothers that I like very much because wool is wool's big boy stuff. Yes. Real wool. Yeah. I mean, that's like a 30 pound sweater. I mean, yeah. You don't want to wear that. You in weigh July. yourself with that and you suddenly go, whoa. <laughs> what make sure it's not drizzling out. What happened to me? Right. Because it, it absorbs the water. Now you're OK yeah. with the hoodie on this. I don't like hoodies. I don't wear them as hoodies. I just love the feel of but you, the sweater. But you and the found look. if you're, let's say you're walking the dog and you have the, the hoodie behind your head in the jacket, it keeps you a little bit warmer. It's like you're wearing a scarf. Yeah, to a degree. So, yeah, that's okay. But, I, you know, I feel I really like the sweater. And it, I saw the hole, and then Carol said right away, No, you cannot. There's nothing you can nothing do. Nothing you can There's do. There's a hole in the sweater, dear Tony. That's right. <laughs> dear Tony. Dear Liza, dear Liza. A hole in the sweater, dear Liza. A hole. <laughs> I will take a break. Michael Wilbon, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Tony Kornheiser Show. These are post-sex nachos. We played one of their songs the other day. This we did. This is called Talk About It. And Todd Hart, who's sent in all the stuff, writes, it's so awesome. I was at a celebration of life party for a friend of ours last night. Someone asked if I was the Todd Hart who emailed TK. We had a chuckle. I told him to listen to the show today. You were going to put the PSN song on. 
When he asked me, my wife just shook her head in disbelief, <laughs> which is what we want. Michael, if bands like Post-Sex Nachos want to send in their original music and get it played on the show, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. All right, so Wilbon is not with us. Normally, Wilbon is with us. He wasn't with us last week. He's not with us this week. He'll be with us in the future. It happens. And it, it, yeah, all of the questions. Celebrating the Bears one. Yeah, he's happy with the Bears. Well, I'm going to talk about this because we went back and forth yesterday during the Bears thing. He wants, they get, the, the Chicago Bears have now gotten the number one pick overall because the Carolina Panthers are really terrible. So <laughs> they've gotten the number one pick. And he wants to take, there's an offensive lineman he wants to take, and then there's Marvin Harrison Jr. he wants to take. Mm-hmm. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not taking your Gonzaga boy? Caleb. You're not taking Caleb Williams? You're not? Heisman winner? And he said, I want to do this with Justin Fields, but Justin Fields needs coaching. I said, well, your head coach, Eberflus, he's a defensive guy. You can't expect him to coach up a quarterback. You got to get, and he says, that's right, we got to get a new offensive coordinator. So this is his plan now is to stay with Justin Fields. You remember Mike at the beginning of the year picked the Chicago Bears to win the division. How did that work out? It didn't work out. It didn't work out as well as some might think because Detroit won the division. And Mike said Detroit's clowns. They never win. But anyway, he wants to now stick with Justin Fields. That's what he wants to do. It's Um, like a reverse curse for him. I don't know if that's going to work. I'm I'm (laughs) looking at a, a few days of NFL football. And I'm trying to think to myself, what... You know, what's the most important thing that happened in NFL football? I think a lot of people would say it was Baltimore crushing Miami. (laughs) Baltimore has now spent the last two weeks against one really good team, San Francisco, in San Francisco. Good holiday week. And beat them. Yeah. Beat them down. And then went home and took out Miami, who people think is a pretty good team. How about the final four minutes of that first half? You know, what... I mean, Baltimore, he, Lamar Jackson has locked it up. Yeah. He's the MVP. It's yep. going to be unanimous and deservedly so. Did they win? What did they win? 53 19 or some unbelievable. And it was back score? and forth for the first quarter and yeah. a half. And then you have Miami that, looked good early. Yeah. You have that great touchdown uh, throw to Flowers, your favorite Pino. Yeah. Uh, and then you had uh, <laughs> Miami trying to get that last play before the two minute warning, uh, which leads to that turnover. And they score a bunch of points off that. Baltimore looks really good. Yeah, they look locked in. The only thing, and and the only reason I wouldn't say it's the most important thing that happened is because there would be a fear factor on my part that they peaked too early. Sure. That they played these two hard games in a row and they peaked too early. Week off. Yeah, they they do get the bye. They get the bye, as does San Francisco on the other side. I actually thought... That the most, that the largest story, and we don't have PTI today, so it's not like uh, Kelleher will tell me if I'm right or wrong. I thought the largest story was Philadelphia losing again. Yeah. Philadelphia How about losing them Cowboys? at home. To, Philadelphia to the, losing at home. To Arizona. Arizona, a who, stinking team. <laughs> miserable team. Losing at home. Yeah. That, That's four out of five. Yeah. They have opened the door for the Cowboys to win the division. If only they could get past those Washington commanders. <laughs> Which I think is going to happen. Did anything from that Detroit-Dallas uh, yes, game? that to me was the third most important thing that happened. 
And I was going to ask Mike about this because he hates Detroit, although he's sympathetic towards Detroit. Doesn't take him seriously. And he hates Dallas, <laughs> yes. you know. But I was going to say Dallas won, but didn't look great winning. a half win. Didn't look great winning, and the game was taken away by a referee position. Now, look, I, I watched this a number of times. I'm not certain that the guy reported. He was standing there, but I'm not certain he reported. Two guys had to report. Actually, one didn't. The guy who did definitely report didn't have to because he was going to be on the offensive line. And this guy was going to be outside him. And I'm not sure he reported. So it's sort of like when Kadarius Toney had his foot on the line. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure that it's a bad call. It's technically but it's a, correct, but you could easily let it go. It's a bad call in the sense that Detroit was going to win that game. And I admire Dan Campbell for going for two He's every still single going time. For it again. Move it back five yards. I admire it. I admire it. Wouldn't you say, like, all right, two times didn't work. Let's no. just kick you the You see his eyes start darting no. back and forth. They're like, no. yeah, he's still going for it. I'll bet his team. See, they've, they've clinched their division. That was a wild, yeah, I'll bet wild five minutes. his team loves him. <laughs> I'll bet they'd march into hell for him. Yeah, and frankly, that weird loss I think helps them when they actually get to the playoffs because this is part of the whole catharsis of moving past what the Lions had been. I'm well. It makes it you know easy to to place the blame on the refs and say they stole it from us. We are that good. You had the confidence in its coach. That's right. Yeah. So and now the Cowboys have to sit with if you just hold on to the ball and get one more first down, they don't have the chance to go back down the field and, and win the game. The Cowboy game was a good game. Yeah, it's a very good game to watch. It's about time Jimmy Johnson got into the Ring of Honor. That was about time to see yes. the look on on the players' faces as they're like rubbing his hair, giving him hugs. They love him. Yeah, they love him. He was great. Had a fantastic great. quote that he just he knows how to work it. You know, I just thought it was how about <laughs> how about them Cowboys? Yeah. you know that 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 was great. The other thing now, yesterday, what happened in the NFL? that I think was important was Kansas City actually won. Now, again, they're playing against a team that does not have its starting quarterback. They're playing at home where they've lost this year. They're not going to get a home. They're going to have to move away from a home playoff game at some point. But the fact that they finally won a game, and, and she was there. She was there. She's but there CBS, all the CBS time. stayed away until it looked like they were going to win. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want yeah. to jinx it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that must be serious, right? Travis oh. Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Oh, absolutely. It must be serious. I think they had New Year's Eve plans with parents. I mean, I, I've heard rumors of engagement. You know, really? Ha- oh, sure. Yeah, it's moving ahead full speed. You apparently. know it's got to end badly. Well, of course. And then he'll and be, the, write about right, he'll be the subject of uh, like two or three albums. Full albums. <laughs> Double full albums. albums. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that, I thought that those... Things were important, um, you know, from a local standpoint. Washington is no good. I mean, they, they, they can't stay with San Francisco. I think everybody understands that. And, and um, gave it a good try for the Jacobi first quarter. Brissett, yeah. He pulled a hamstring on like Saturday or Friday <laughs> or something like that. And he couldn't even get in the game. Couldn't go. The worst moment of the entire day for me was Tyrod Taylor on the Giants. Oh, the Giants oh come back. Oh, they almost won. They're going to win that game. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They're going to beat the Rams, right? Yeah. They're going to beat the Rams. And he's got a guy on the t- for a two-point conversion. He's got a guy like around the two. He just has to throw the ball to his left side as he runs towards his right. And Tyrod Taylor throws it behind him. Whoops. He just it has to hit his body. It's just so sad. Yeah. That was sad. But we th- do we not think... You know, 
the the early red zone window, ten games. Yeah, they went to the Deca box. (laughs) They went to the Deca box. It was so tremendous. I'm going to miss that so much. Uh, It's 18 weeks of great. It really is. It's 18 weeks of great with Scott Hanson. Occasionally, I'll go in the off season just to turn the channel on and hear the music. The music. Just keep it safe on your caviar. You know, (laughs) but where are we on Baltimore now? Because they're in. They're in, and and Lamar Jackson is the MVP, but has been a bad playoff quarterback. He's one and three lifetime. They still have to prove it to me in the playoffs. But, I mean, how can you not be enthused by their performance? They just demolished two really good teams. One in – I mean, San Francisco, I thought, well, they're going to crush them. No. They're great. Five-and-a-half-point dogs. Oof. Yeah, so, I mean – So, and, and afterwards – Lamar Jackson said, nobody thought we could win all year. We've been underdogs all year. That's ridiculous. Well, that's insane. That's not true at all, and you're not going to be underdogs again. No, they won't. So you're gonna, if that's what you're banking on, it's not going to happen because you're the best team in football right now. Right, right? now. It, and it's been a lot of fun to have a certain six-and-a-half-year-old on our couch watching these games. And he loves the Ravens. Loves these, loves Ravens, these Ravens, Ravens, loves Lamar Jackson. But uh, to see them yesterday change the pace of the way that they wanted to play to get out ahead of the Dolphins – uh, but then again, you look at two sleeping giants in the Bills, if they can still make it Bills in. Bills won again. And, yep. uh, and the Bills the have Chiefs. a chance to go to Miami this coming week and Depleted knock the Miami. Dolphins out of the division. Yeah. So that the Bills, who seemed dead in the water like, you know, three or four weeks ago. Well, they also, they, they didn't look great yesterday, though. No. <clears throat> they did not look great. No. Josh Allen had another interception. He's got like. Probably 20 on the year has really got a lot of interceptions. Yeah, punts. But they're the team I don't think anyone wants to play in the playoffs. They just... They don't want to play them there because it's so cold, but yeah. they wouldn't have... No, they won't have any home, home They game. might have one home game if they win the division. Yeah, maybe. They might have one. Miami's hard to figure out. I can't... <laughs> Miami's hard to figure out. You love their coach, right, Mike McDaniel? I love him. The Yaley. They're hard to figure out. But Philly... Yeah, Philly... Philly, wow. The ship there's is sinking. Some, yes, there's something actually wrong yeah. in Philadelphia. I mean, letting up 35 points to the Cardinals. Never look past the tush push. Come on. Yeah. Cardinals stink. The Cardinals are terrible. And that cost them draft position. And I, I guess right now Washington has Third? the number no, the number Second? two pick. Because and I don't understand this. They have the same record as the Patriots, and they beat the Patriots. But the strength of schedule favors Washington. So they would Washington, get Washington, a team that started 2-0. and 2-0. How's that working out for him? <laughs> Every day, the Washington Post is filled with stories that start like this. If the general manager is fired, here's 12 people who could replace him. <laughs> if the coach is fired, here's 12 people who could replace him. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, they are fired. They're going to be fired. Just let them finish it out. Are they home against? Oh, yeah. Who is it? We Philly? want Dallas. Oh, Dallas. We want Dallas. Dallas is going to win. Oh, sure. I would think. But Dallas is a team I can't trust either. No. You know? They should have lost that game. They should have lost okay. that game. Campbell. To get, a, to get a three times in a row. To get a backdoor chance to it. win the division, they're going to win this game. That reminded me of somebody at like the roulette wheel or blackjack table was just like, you know, just keep God. throwing money away. It's going to come around my way. Uh, by the way, I do have this title for you from uh, the Washington Post. Wizards, this is my favorite title of the entire year. Wizards get three-point happy against Hawks 
close year with a sad loss. They said they close everything with a sad loss. They got five or six wins. Detroit finally won. They did. Detroit beat a team that was undermanned because Nobody. they had made a trade, and the people coming to that team had arrived there. Yeah. Nobody beats arrived. them twenty nine times in a row. Yeah, that's right. So that's good. All right, we'll take a break. Um, when we come back, Pat Forty will join us and actually have knowledge about something unlike us. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. We won all our games in the old ACC. What more could we do? What more could we be? We're singing the blues in Tallahassee. Darn it and shucks. And fiddle-dee-dee, we played through our season perfectly. I guess if you're Texas, you needn't play flawlessly. They're singing the blues in Tallahassee. I bet John Philip Sousa would play dirges for us, but he's in Tuscaloosa <laughs> on a frat party bus. As you sow, so you'll reap, I'd come to believe. But it seems that the gods have other things up their sleeve. Now my tears fill the gulf to the Tallahatchie. We're singing the blues in Tallahassee. the brilliant Dan Byrne, who said he sent this song along to Nigel a little while ago when Florida State didn't get in the playoffs, and he writes, it feels like it might be more appropriate to play now in light of that nail-biter they lost to Georgia. <laughs> and in other news, Songs for Mr. Tony, Volume 3, is now on sale on Bandcamp for $13.72. It plays in Pat 40. I have a whole lot of things to ask, but I'm going to go back to something I said at the beginning of this show. I thought it was just lousy of Kirby Smart. Just 100% lousy. There's a word I would use, but I can't. I don't use it on the air. To when you're up 35-3 and you recover a fumble with less than a minute to go in the first half and you have your quarterback throw four straight times to get another touchdown to make it 42-3 at the end of the half, it's just awful as far as I'm concerned. Whatever Kirby Smart wanted to do to impress whoever he wanted to impress, I thought that was terrible, but you cover this stuff. You know the guy. You know Norval as well. How did you feel about that, Pat? Um, I feel that basically anything you do in the first half is 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 like warfare. Whatever you know, you you do what you got to do. You score as many as you can score, and then you figure it out later. Um, so I, I didn't have a, okay. a problem with that. I you know I think that. I did, I will say, Tony, have a an athletic director 
tell me a few months ago that Kirby Smart is kind of the guy that likes to burn ants with a uh, magnifying glass. So (laughs) this would fit into that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but, you know, I don't know. I I I don't think you, you owe it to anybody to back off in the first half. I thought at the end of the game when they went to shake hands, Norval should have kicked them in the groin. I just, it was so, look, and I have no sympathy with Florida State because you know you and I disagreed on this. I said, no, don't even put them in. The ACC isn't any good. Clemson won a game. They beat Kentucky. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any sympathy for the Florida State University people at not getting in. And then the other part of this was where I have no sympathy. Norval, or however it's pronounced his name, has lost so many people to the transfer portal. Maybe they don't like him. Well, I mean, look, it would indicate that that team was put together for one purpose, and that was to try to win a championship, and then the mercenaries failed uh, when that disappeared because, you know, you could kind of look at it, Georgia's in the same position. They felt like they should have been in the playoff, and then they kept almost everybody together and absolutely destroyed Florida State. So, yeah, you know, it was not a very good look for Florida State, for sure, like, Terrible. Um, yeah, and this, this, this that with that game to me was the best advertisement yet for a twelve-team playoff, where both those teams would be in. Florida State's roster would be intact. Georgia would have a chance to win a championship still. Um, and the, you know, the next year is going to be a lot better than I think this year. But that, this is what we're left with. I think one of the things you can do to prevent this is tie your NIL money, make it contingent upon playing in a bowl game. What do you think? With you 100%. I would be yeah, totally that's what fine I would with do. that. That's what yeah. I would do. Yeah, you know, whatever the contracts need to say yeah, when you're signing an NIL deal, that, that yes, that yeah. you, you play the whole season. You don't, you don't, you don't play till December uh, 3rd. You play through New Year's and, and through into January and play actually yeah. the full season. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State walks into a game without a quarterback and, and the best receiver in the country, right? You know, really. It just, and God bless Missouri. I love, I love Missouri. I loved what the coach said after the game, but Ohio State walks in there without their quarterback and their best receiver. What are you supposed to do, Pat? Yeah, no, no. I, I, look, it's a mess. It is a mess. I've always said the beginning of college football is the best. The end is terrible. College basketball is the opposite. The beginning is terrible. The end is the best. If you you have to figure out how to finish the season. So when you have a bowl season like this, it's not meaningful football. And so you know you you can come up with ways to try to incentivize this, and they need to. But at the, at this point, you you have a hard time trying to convince coaches, players, and fans that this is actually meaningful football that they need to take seriously. No, I, I mean, I, I, it's easy to blame players for walking away from it, but the guy at JMU walked away from his school, took another job, the coach. So I'm, I'm not going to make the blame just with players. And it, it's another incident of me being a dinosaur because I remember when the Orange Bowl and the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl and the Cotton Bowl, even before the Fiesta Bowl, were important. And now they're not important. They're not important to anybody and the guys in the Blazers don't even exist. They can't sell it, right? I mean, ESPN bought 50,000 bowl games, and none of them have any meaning at all compared to the two today, right? Uh, as a fellow dinosaur, I'm there in the tar pit with you. I, yeah. yeah. I agree. You know, that yeah. it, I mean, 
you you ostensibly wait for these games to happen here at the holiday season, and they're going to be big and grand and fun and meaningful, and, and they're not. I mean, the players don't play, and the coaches no. change jobs. And yeah. I, I don't blame the players because they've been basically told these games don't matter by the coaches who, who move from one school to another. So, um, you know, I, I don't have a ready, easy fix for it, you know, uh, but it's, it's a bummer because the way the season ends is just such a dud for anybody other than the four teams involved. I will say yes. again, the 12 team playoff will spread the gravitas around a little bit more and more people will take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, but then we're going to get Liberty in it or JMU in it because they're going to make they're going to make sure that one team that's bad, you know, that that's not really a big time D one. And I'll move on. Where are you, by the way, and why did you make that choice? There's two choices today. Where are you? Um, I am in New Orleans. I will be attending the Sugar Bowl, Texas and Washington, and I primarily made that choice because it was easier to get here from Peru than uh, Los Angeles. My, my daughter, who we've talked about on the podcast, is uh, in the Peace Corps in Peru, and we went and saw her for Christmas, and I could come back and get easily to New Orleans for this game. I think they're both going to be great games. I think they're both going to be really good. Um, I don't see an overmatched team in the semifinals here, so I think I'm looking forward to both of them. Right, let me start with Michigan and Alabama because it's the first game, and I also believe it's the bigger draw nationwide because it's Alabama and it's Michigan. Which team strikes you as having more talent and which team strikes you as having the better coach if either strikes you that way? Well, without question, Alabama has the better coach, and that's no yeah. disrespect to Jim Harbaugh. That is right. saying that Nick Saban is the GOAT. He's the best we've ever seen. Uh, and you give him a month, holy moly. Ten and that and one. team is – yeah, ten that and team one has with a month. Better, yeah, has gotten better and better as the season has gone along. So, uh, from a coaching standpoint, definitely favor them. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I think Michigan is a better team than Alabama based on what we have seen so far. I just think they're they're really good defensively, and they are a little more balanced offensively. Uh, you know. Strangely, Alabama doesn't run the ball very well and doesn't protect the passer. Jalen Milrow holds the ball a long time, so he takes a lot of sacks. Um, but, you know, again, you have four weeks to Nick Saban, all bets are off there. Um, but I, I am looking forward to that one. I think it's going to be close and low scoring. I think that's not going to be a 40-38 to 38 kind of game. Alabama's one play away from not being in here, even if they beat Georgia. The last play against Auburn. Auburn is terrible. Did Maryland beat them by 500 points the other day? They're terrible. <laughs> right? No. Look, I mean, and that is, boy, that's college sports if you've ever seen it. Is they were, they needed a miracle to beat a bad Auburn team that yeah. lost by three touchdowns to New Mexico State and then turned around and lost by, whatever, 18 points to Maryland. But in between, they took Alabama to the wall uh, so I, uh, you know, that, that, that's the main thing kind of sticking with me is I've just not seen Alabama play well often enough this year to think that they're going to do it. But, uh, they also, you know, they've got talent, they've got players, uh, but, but my God, if, if you need a fourth and 31 conversion to beat Auburn, I'm not convinced you're that good a team. 
Well, that's this is my position as well, is that it's such an automatic response. Oh, Nick Saban with a month, and we see it. It's 10-1 and one with a month, so they're definitely going to beat Michigan. They're, and I don't want to call it disrespect. It's like Michigan doesn't count. You know, when people evaluate the game, it's got nothing to do with Michigan. It's got only to do with Saban. I think that might be a mistake. Oh, I totally agree with you. I mean, again, I, I, I mean, I think Michigan's better than Alabama is. And, uh, yeah, you take out the X factors, so to speak, and, and I think you put them both on paper and lay them down next to each other, and Michigan is better than Alabama. It does kind of the same things that Alabama does better. And so uh, I'm not buying that per se. But you do give Nick Saban a month, and yep, yep, it, yep. You know, it, it is a, an, an equalizer for sure. All right. We'll go to the other game, Washington-Texas. I understand that Washington beat Oregon twice. I understand that Michael Penix Jr. is a very, very fine quarterback, throws the ball sidearm, comes out in a weird way, gets it out there. I also sort of think that the stage is a little big for Washington. Am I making a mistake there? Well, we'll see. Um, I think they're okay. I really do. I, 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 I think they're going to win, um, but I think this is another close, exciting game. I, you know, if the stage is too big for them, it might be too big for Texas, too. They, they haven't been here. They haven't been in these kind right. of games. Right. Um, and I, I was super impressed with Washington as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog in the second game against Oregon when everybody's like, ah, oh, no, they, they, they can't do it. I mean, they jumped on Oregon immediately. And they, they did eventually fall behind, but they came back and won. Uh, and that was a good team. A very, I think that's a better team than anybody Texas has faced except for maybe Alabama. And that was early in the season before Alabama was that good. So right. I, I like the Huskies here. I think they have that that kind of, like, been there, done that sort of uh, experience through this season and last season where close game, doesn't matter, we're going to find a way. We're actually, they, they believe they are good enough. Now, the, the Washington offensive line against the Texas defensive line, I think, is where the game's going to be won. Uh, those are two great units, and they're used to getting their way, and we'll see which one holds up better uh, in the trenches. The dream scenario, of course, is that Quinn Ewers gets hurt and Arch Manning comes in and wins the national championship, right? I mean, isn't that it? Isn't that the, isn't that, isn't that the one you want to write? It's the one I'd want to write. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for that. Bring it on. Bring it on. I, I talked to Arch's dad, Cooper, um, a couple of days ago, and, you know, they're, they're chomping at the bit to see Arch play. I don't, I'm not sure they want to see him play Monday night, but, but they really – think that you know he had a good year of learning and uh getting ready which is what they wanted you know they were not pushing for him to be a an an 18 year old star quarterback they want him to be a 25 year old second contract hundred million dollar quarterback in the nfl right so uh but but yeah i i I, I would i would pay money to see arch come into that game i I don't think he will but it'll be great that kid, Malik Murphy, if that happens, that kid is going to just stick his head through a window, <laughs> right? Because he went into the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, welcome to college football right now. Yeah. No, I no, mean, you're whatever. right about that. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but they, boy, they like Arch. They like him a, a whole bunch, and they feel like he's ready. Now, again, I, 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 I'm sure they would much prefer to have Quinn Ewers and his, you know, 
500 snaps over the last two years in there sure. than Arch, but, sure, but sure. I think Arch is ready to go. So you're not going to be surprised if both unbeaten teams, Michigan and Washington, move on? I will not. I mean, that's what I'm picking, and uh, we'll yeah. see. But but I think both games, this, you know, they're very small point spreads for a reason, because who the heck knows how this right. is going to turn out. But but I like both Washington and Michigan uh, getting to the championship game. Get you out of here on this. At what point does Ohio State say we can't have Ryan Day anymore? At what point they say, well, it just doesn't work? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I, Gene Smith, the athletic director, longtime athletic director there, is retiring. He doesn't want that on his hands. So we'll right. leave it up to the next person uh, to say, you know, you've got to beat Michigan. And if you don't beat Michigan, we need to change. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're recruiting like crazy. They should be really good again next year. They, they, there's just no end to Ohio State being competitive, but there's got to be that payoff of beating Michigan. Then they're less patient than Michigan is, where they put up with Jim Harbaugh losing five in a row to, to Ohio State. So we'll see, uh, see how they handle it. But every, every year becomes a bigger and bigger kind of must-win game for Ryan Day, and the next one's in Columbus. Right, and again, I mean, I don't blame him when his quarterback and his best receiver are out, but they lost that game, too. They lost yeah. the bowl game, too. So, anyway, all right, plug your podcast for us. Uh, College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel and Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports, and uh, we are available on all the platforms. The second best podcast in America behind yours. <laughs> Thank you very much. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. Talk to you soon. And our best to your daughter. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. At 40, boys and girls, we will come back with email and jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. That's Jeremy Vint giving us the best way to start out the new year, submerged <laughs> like the Jaguars fan who Carolina owner David Tepper threw a drink at yesterday. <laughs> you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad for us? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in. Maybe get the bagels or the bagel sandwiches like we got today, and you'll be thrilled. That'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say the night we met, I knew I needed you so. And if I had the chance, I'd never let you go. So won't you say you love me? I'll make you so proud of me. We'll make them turn their heads every place we go. So won't you please be my little baby? That is Ronnie Spector. 
Those are the Ronettes. It's been covered by a million people and never as good. Never as good. Never as good. <laughs> yes. Thanks to our guest today, Pat Forty. Thanks to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. Let's get to some emails from Daniel Kilday in Austin, Texas. Forgive me if this has already been pointed out and I missed it, but did you realize the final date of the year will be 123? 123. That's 1231. 23. And yesterday, a number of people emailed me this, including Rob Stronach, <laughs> who said in two minutes, it'll be 123 on, <laughs> on 123123. One, two, three. <laughs> That's my favorite And time. so I sent that to Saliza. <laughs> Uh, on the exact number at 123. So that's yes. You sent that to Saliza? I did. I sent it to Saliza because Saliza had Go away for me, one week. Saliza had said to me that um, he had sent me a text. Next, right. you're going to text gonna him about the moon cycle. 123123. Yeah. And, and by the way, to be fair, we started getting emails from Littles about this like last January. No, so it's lovely. <laughs> People watch out for it. From DG, my buddy David Dorman, the cheese guy, played with Maury at Emerald Dunes. Wednesday, Maury shot 78. I guess he wasn't cranky when he got home. The worst Christmas weather in Florida in my 60 years coming here. Happy and healthy New Year to all regards, DG. Now, Maury shot, you know, if, shoot, if he shoots in the 70s, he's well under his age. Maury shot his age over 100 times. Yeah. Probably hundreds of times, actually. Jason Bullitt, Chuck and Roxy, episode 31 in Saratoga County in New York. I listened to the mailbag at the end of Friday's episode. Just want to tell you the MAC is actually the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, where Niagara's University, Niagara University's teams play, as do Siena Colleges in my neck of the woods. Siena, um, that's where Johnny Williams played college basketball in Siena. Since Niagara is in the western part of an eastern state, maybe that other MAC can look to see if any colleges and universities in Toronto are interested in joining so they want to expand. The other MAC is a very high-quality football conference. That's what Ben Roethlisberger came out of that. Jaworski came out of That's that. right. It's a high-quality yeah. football conference. Elliot Olshansky in Comac, New York, sending a picture of me, which I don't really understand. I think it looks like me. The confusion over Niagara being in the MAC or the MAC is certainly justified, <laughs> given that SUNY Buffalo... Some 20 miles away from Niagara, mostly to the east, is in the Mid-American Conference, which also used to include UMass and its football membership. This also leads me to question which is more reliable, Wilbon's geography or Gary's math. <laughs> Best regards from Suffolk County. Oh, where your memorabilia and plaque at the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame are now in the same room. Oh, that's lovely. I did, yeah, that's lovely. Thank you. From Sue Heidel or Heidel in Cincinnati on Friday show, I assume James Carville was like other drivers of a certain age, driving with their left turn signal constantly engaged. <laughs> in our family, this is known as the perpetual left or eventual left, if you prefer. The left that never was. From Andrew McEwen. Did Carville turn left, turn right, or finish watching 60 Minutes after giving you his picks? Yeah, that wasn't odd. It was very loud. What do you think that was? Uh, maybe it was the hazard lights. Yeah, yeah it might have been. That's what I thought. Might have been. From Bob Who in Hamilton in Ontario, Canada. Oh, a picture of him and Henry Winkler. As the worst song submissions keep coming in, I've always thought that you believed that the song you despised and Nigel-like was Snoopy versus the Red Baron. It's a fantastic versus the World song. Guardsman. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Speaking of old topics, I can attest Love with it. previous emailers that Henry Winkler is indeed the nicest person you ever want to meet. I had the opportunity to meet him as a guest at a comic book convention many years ago, and while most celebrities sat behind a table to greet fans, he stood in front of his table, shook your hand, brought you in close, and chatted with you, making it feel like you had a personal connection with him. A true gentleman like you, whom I met visiting Chatter many years ago, and getting a tie. Isn't that nice? From Mike in Memphis. 
Your school put up more than 100 on some school called Marywood. Yes. And beat them by more than 50. Wow, the question is, who is Marywood, and why did they think they could match up? By the way, how far do you believe Florida State will drop in the final poll for number five after their horrendous beatdown against Georgia? I guess TCU is saying at least we scored a touchdown <laughs> against those guys in our game. Um, is that TCU or is that – yeah, TCU from TCU. last year. Yeah, because they beat – 65-7 Yeah, they beat like Michigan that. and then got drubbed. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what Marywood is. I don't think it's D1. I don't think so. It, it Can do, you look it up? I it, don't. It I doesn't don't have a link. It doesn't have a link. I don't link think it's D one in the score, but I'll, I'll, really look I'll look From it up. Don't. From Nick Sharkey in Escanaba, <clears throat> Michigan. I'm not as proficient at gambling as Carvel Ma or Todd, but you think Florida State's injured quarterback was worth more than 50 points? I'll hang up and listen. Oh, and tell Ed Quinn to eat it. Um, Bernie in Durham, North Carolina. Thank you for another year of great podcasts. From Who's Tony to the budding feud of Todd versus Carville. I just last week finished The Diplomat and loved it. I happened upon a great Netflix movie starring Rory Kinnear, the actor who plays the Prime Minister in The Diplomat, The Bank of Dave. Is that good, The Bank of Dave? That's a comedy, right? I have not seen it. I can't yeah, comment I on it. But I do like that actor. He's great as Rory uh, Kinnear, he is as Trowbridge. Troy yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I'm looking at this. Uh, Marywood. Marywood is a private Catholic university in Scranton, PA. That's close. That's 50 miles. Yeah. 60 miles. Dund- home of Dunder Mifflin, I believe. Yeah. Um, home of John Walsh. Oh, really? Yeah. He grew up uh, Division three. So D3. What are we talking about here? We're D1. <laughs> we skipped D2. From Brian and Charlotte, the Wizards may not go 9 and 20 this year. No, they're not going to. But 9 and 72 is still in play. From Jim in Lutherville, during the mailbag, you said, I was driving a Mustang. No, I was driving a Pinto. That's quite a dramatic shift. Kind of like I was dating Raquel Welch. No, I was dating Ruth Buzzy. <laughs> I, you know, I, had, I, owned, I owned a Mustang at one point after I owned the Pinto. Significantly after. I Never owned, owned a Gremlin, right? Never owned a Gremlin. Patrick Sitter, our friend in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thanks for pointing out the quail you've eaten and the quail Mike was planning to eat were dead. Information for life. <laughs> Those chicken thighs you like to grill, I presume those are dead too, correct? P.S. I had a 5 and 11 kind of Christmas. I think you know what that means. Anyway, happy Fonzing holidays. Uh, Steve the Sycophant, a salute, dear Toby, to fellow little Charlie Burtz, who as director of the Katherine Johnson Middle School Band, led it in playing the national anthem before the Washington Wizards game on December 26th. The band, as you so designated, is the official middle school band of the TK Podcast. Their superb rendition of the anthem may be seen on YouTube. And as a completely unbiased viewer, let me say Charlie and the band were great. Happy New Year and lachiserie to all. From Tyler Etchenkamp in Lincoln, Nebraska, who emails us here and there. I asked in a prior email if there were any Rivians in Revere. So now I ask, are there any bobbleheads in Mobblehead? <laughs> uh, Michael Linick. Mike Limbrick, rather. Mike Limbrick. Where is he? In Indianapolis. On behalf of all the Hoosier Littles, I believe we have enough TK show adjacent events in 2024 that we're obliged to extend an invitation to you and the gang to visit Indy. Hmm. Here's the rundown. January 23rd through 28th, Butler University is host to the national touring production of To Kill a Mockingbird. Richard Thomas, special agent Gad himself, stars Hmm. as Atticus Finch. Wow. February 16th, 18th, NBA All-Star Weekend is in town. Perhaps we can coax Wilbon to come down from Chicago. Of course he's going to be there. Unless, of course, he's staying in one of his other houses. He's not missing an All-Star game. (laughs) April 8th, at just after 3 p.m., Indianapolis will be in the zone of totality for the last solar eclipse visible visible from the contiguous United States until 2044. 
Wow. If Google mm. is to be believed, we will have about three and a half minutes of darkness. NASA will be broadcasting live from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yes. We should call up. Well, our man Noah from NASA. Is this a true fact? Yes. He's already said, make your plans. Be there April 8th or wow. something like that. Yeah. June 26th and 27th, Nate Bargatze will be in town. We were supposed to see Love him in Nate. October, but he had to postpone so he could host some show called Saturday Night Live. As a reward for our patience, he added a second night. We'll also welcome Taylor Swift in November 2024, but I don't believe Dan Byrne is opening for her. So I'm not sure why anybody would bother going to that. Or as Wilbon refers to her, that girl. That girl. That girl. Uh, from what Michael Crouch on? in Searcy. Searcy, rather. In Searcy, Arkansas. I want to send along a hearty lachiserie and thanks for all the years of laughter. I just completed my PhD in education policy from Vanderbilt University. Very Peabody. good. Very good. Yeah. And your show was a great listen during long commutes and putting together final projects. Although I'd like to be the official education policy academic of the show, I think that title goes to Marty West Jr. Yes, it does. I've been listening since around 2007, back when naked mole rats seemed to be a thing on this show. What happened to them? I don't know. I guess they all died. <laughs> Finally, I live in the town of the recently crowned D2 football national champions, the Harding Bisons. Bisons was the correct plural when the mascot was chosen in 1924. They rushed for 6,161 yards on the season using a triple option flex bone offense. They're the first team in the history of college football in any division to rush for over 6,000 yards. Their quarterback completed 26 of 56 passes on the season. They're not <laughs> trusting him with the ball, are they? From Oscar Ruiz, Associate Professor of Biology at Houston Christian University. My family and I are visiting Mexico City during the holidays. We went to see the house that Leon Trotsky lived in during his exile and where his remains are today. See the attached picture. Oh, yeah, they got a hammer and sickle right out front. Is it wrong that during the whole time there, all I could think of was Barry Trotz, Trotz, Trotz song? I was even whistling for a while. got a scornful look from my non-masculine child. How great is that? If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Who is Tony? Tony Kornheiser. Who is that? It's a PTI guy on ESPN. Okay. <laughs> so good.
won all our games in the old ACC. What more could we do? What more could we be? We're singing the blues in Tallahassee. Darn it and shucks and fiddle-dee-dee. We played through our season perfectly. I guess if you're Texas, you needn't play flawlessly. They're singing the blues in Tallahassee. I bet John Philip Sousa would play dirges for us. But he's in Tuscaloosa On a frat party bus As you sow, so you'll reap I'd come to believe But it seems that the gods have other things up their sleeve Now my tears fill the gulf To the Tallahatchie we're singing the blues in Tallahassee.